so, 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 so. Um, hey guys, uh, holy shit, this is a crazy one. <laughs> We're talking about Calvin really getting suspended for using FanDuel. Um, Philadelphia fans making jokes on Twitter saying that Jalen Rager was also doing it because they want him off their team. Hilarious. Um, yeah. Calvin Ridley's suspension is more than those that have uh, beat women or beat their kids or drunk driving or allegedly murdered somebody. Um, it's not as severe as somebody that smoked weed. Josh Gordon's been suspended, like, I think a total of like six seasons with weed. Uh, on top of that, yeah. we have Aaron Rodgers staying with Green Bay. That's big news. Russell Wilson going to Denver. That's big news. I think that trade was a win for both sides. Um, and then we have Carson Wentz just recently going back to the, the NFC East. And now he's a commander. Commander Carson. There we go. What, what a couple of days. And um, it's March. Like combine ends. And then it's like all this drama just dropped. Like all these GMs were sitting around and all these coaches were sitting around at the combine just like, hey. Let's spice up the league. Let's just make this fun. And like, they were all like drinking drunk and they're just like, yeah, sure. We'll do some trades, whatever. Anyway. Some of these sound like, some of these sound like our, some of our, our dynasty league trades. Yeah. Like, you know, just some of our, our just uh, sitting around bullshitting and saying, Hey, let's, let's make a trade. And comes to fruition. You catch me at a time where I've had a couple cocktails and I say <laughs> deal. But anyways, welcome on into the cheap seats. Uh, my name is Tyler, joined with our dynasty expert over on the coast, Jason. And here at Second and Short on our Cheap Seats podcast, we like to talk about all of our fantasy football content. But this offseason right now, we're diving deep and focusing on dynasty. And we're going to be talking about our final division and our eight-part series of players you should buy from a team, players you should keep from a team, and players you should trade away and just get whatever value you can. With all that being said, let's top it off with the AFC North, and we're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals, the, the best team in the division, Cincinnati Bengals. And this is going to be a fun one because we're going to talk about all three of their receivers. That's it, all three of the receivers. We went back and forth. We talked about Joe Burrow a little bit, but I don't think there's a right place for him or a wrong place. Joe Mixon's all over the place right now, so let's just talk about receivers. So the first we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about them from top to bottom. Jamar Chase. Let's not talk too long on this. Um, if you saw what we said about Justin Jefferson, rinse and repeat, put it here for Jamar Chase. But anyways, why would you like to keep Jamar Chase? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he showed flashes of brilliance. I mean, mm -hmm. put up unreal numbers, single season records um, for a rookie. I mean, ungodly talented, good hands, even though, you know, a lot of people were down on him, myself included. Mm -hmm. uh, and I ate crow for it. I'm not I mean, scared to admit. Everybody was so worried about him missing that whole season that we all yeah. kind of got blinded that, like, this guy was so good that in college, we all didn't know who Justin Jefferson was. And, like, Justin Jefferson was, like, the second leading receiver in all of college football. But there was a guy named Jamar Chase in front of him that was that much better that we just forgot <laughs> who he was. And he delivered. He delivered. Yeah, and, you know, the chemistry with Burrow, I'm not a big fan of, you know, thinking that college chemistry is going to carry over to the pro. I was proven wrong with this. I mean, Burrow and, and Chase have a, a legit connection. They had that yeah. familiarity, and it, and it showed out in a lot of these games. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, 
he's an unreal talent. He's a generational talent. Um, and I think he's got a bright future. He, we know we talked. He's in the up as high as four overall in some startups. Mm-hmm. And as low as, I think the lowest we've seen was 11, 12. So yeah, I, I think, I think even, in, even in Superflexes, he's still going in the first round because he's a guy that you can, unless you're in a special league that like a salary cap league or whatever, he's a guy that you can have on your team for the next 10 plus years and you're locked and loaded. Don't have to worry about it. Or in, um, in the injury, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about a receiver that we are wanting to trade away. And that for us is T Higgins. Now we kind of went back and forth on this talking about all these guys, but um, I have been looking all over and I don't know what it is, but every time I'm on Reddit or I'm on Twitter or I'm on Facebook on the dynasty nerds, Facebook group, somebody's always talking about T Higgins and about how valuable he is because he's actually the best receiver on the team or whatever, something, something, whatever. But he is getting regarded as a top 12 to 15 receiver right now, which isn't, wrong of people to say about him he did finish his wide receiver 24 the problem is when you're on a team with this many weapons it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get all you know the looks but with his value here's the thing we both agree he is the second best receiver on this team and second valuable receiver on this team but if he's getting looked at as like a wide receiver one-ish and you can trade that away and get massive value i'm talking multiple first round picks i think that's a good thing to do at this point because I think he's almost plateaued his value. Yeah, and, you know, if let's remove Jamar Chase out of this offense and he's easily, you know, a wide receiver one, you know, we could be talking about him as a cornerstone generational talent, you know, with Burrow coming back, you know, resurrecting Cincinnati Bengals, but they also have Jamar Chase. And I think this is a, is a nice uh, issue to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, because he is a talented receiver. He has a glass ceiling, but he can break through it. You're absolutely right. He can break through this glass ceiling. Um, and I, I mean, I'm okay to trade a guy away that is on the cusp of being something that everybody believes um, and being wrong on like, like, oh, I, I traded him away and I got one five this year and a 2023 first and a 2023 second. And then he booms out and is a top eight receiver. I'm okay on like losing that situation in the long run because I think that just the other side of that coin is that he stays as a wide receiver too, and you get more value in the long run out of what you got back in packages through a trade. Yeah, he's one of those players that, you know, um, I I would rather get the short-term rewards, unless somebody gets the short-term rewards and hopefully I, I get the long game. Yeah. Then, then, you know, uh, I always second guess myself. Yeah. And I mean, obviously here's the thing we have, we have a segment right now. This, this episode is, is buy, keep and trade. So we have to put somebody somewhere. He just falls in that category because I think his value right now is more rich than he's ever going to be able to obtain, uh, in, in fantasy. Now a guy that we are going to try and buy is Tyler Boyd. Now this seems weird. Tyler Boyd, why would you buy him? He's the third best receiver, right? You win dynasty leagues with wide receiver twos and threes on your roster. You do. And Tyler Boyd as the third option here, maybe even fourth when you add in like how much they run the ball, he was wide receiver 31. And I guarantee you, you can get him for like a probably mid second round pick this year. 
in a weaker class and you can have a wide receiver three that you can start in your flex spot every week over that rookie that probably isn't going to deliver more than likely isn't going to deliver. And I think people are so high on Jamar chase. He's almost untouchable in most leagues. They're so high on T Higgins because of the upside they see that nobody's even talking or giving a shit about Tyler Boyd. And you know what? He might be able to, I don't know when his contract's up, but he could leave at any time and go be a number. He was just a number one and number two, the past couple of years before they got these guys. And he's still being pretty stellar even as a third option. So I love buying him, especially at his price right now. Yeah. And you got to look matchups. Um, you're going to have all the, all the defenses are going to cater to defending against chase, defending against Higgins. Boyd's going to benefit from that because he's going to have those mismatches. He's going to have those, those linebackers and second tier safeties uh, trying to uh, defend him. Mm-hmm. And he's got, he's got amazing speed. He's got solid hands. He can break it at any time. The ball in his hands is nice. Uh, he's got great yards after catch. He doesn't take big hits. He plays smart. So I think this is a win-win if you can buy him uh, for mid-second this year. Yeah, I mean, and he still received this past year 94 targets. And he's going to be turning 29 this year. So he's one of those guys that if you're, um, let's say like you're a playoff team, you made your semis, but you need that kind of big push and everything to kind of get yourself over the edge. Your two, your pick two nine isn't worth more than a guy like Tyler Boyd for you in the next two, three years. Uh, I, I, he's been relatively healthy. I mean, 16, 15, 16, 14, 16 is rookie year. He missed six games a second year. So really he's missed like a handful of games in his seven years. And he has been in my six years. And in my opinion, he's been exactly what you need. A guy that can kind of deliver for you in a starting role when you need it. Now let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. And um, this team was full of talent just like a year ago when we were talking about this. And they're slowly getting depleted. And we don't know what's going to happen here. We don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to be here, if he's going to be gone. We don't know if Jarvis Landry's going to be here or going to be gone. This team could look way different in like six months when the season starts. Now there is a guy that we do know that's going to be there. And he is kind of, I don't know, stepping up a little bit. Um, he just turned 23 years old, former six-round pick. This is Donovan People Jones, who are we are going to buy. He had about three touchdowns, 34 yard, 34 catches, and like 600 yards last year on a team that spread the ball around. And he did that on 600 yards on 34 catches is pretty damn good. Yeah, and you know, with all the uncertainty uh, and a role to fill with OBJ getting traded, you know that opens up the the most obvious wide receiver two in that, mm-hmm. but you know, Landry also being questionable. So you have that wide receiver one. So this is a good time to buy him uh, before he has a breakout season and he becomes out of your price range. So it's the it's the player definitely you want to get on before everybody else takes notice in your league. Yeah. I mean, he had, he had five as the number three or we count the running game. He's probably like the number five or six option there. He had five games in double digits this past year. Uh, so, which doesn't sound like stellar or anything, but it shows that they're willing to push it with him. And he's a guy that's a, a deep ball threat when he needs to be. He has some return yardage upside as well, which I think might tailor away. If he becomes like a number two there, 
I do see Cleveland being in the wide receiver market, whether in the draft or in free agency. But with that being said, I think Landry is good as gone. Um, salary cap wise, it makes sense for them to move on from him. And really his only big competition is David Njoku and like Rashad Higgins. So I, I like Donovan People Jones right now to take that step forward from a number three slash four to a number two and to deliver you a solid 50 catch, 800 yard, five touchdown season. And a guy that you can constantly like Tyler Boyd move into your flex spot. And I think he's cheap right now. Very cheap. Because most people don't want to touch the, the Cleveland Browns. And that's because Baker Mayfield, who was our key. Now we went back and forth on this a lot. And we were, you wanted to put him in the trade, but then we started looking at where his ADP is and where he's falling and everything. And I believe that Baker Mayfield, you will not be able to trade him for tons of value in Superflex leagues or single, single quarterbacks, probably nothing. But I do think that he has a chance to outperform where he's been lately. He finishes a quarterback 25 on most formats. And I just think that Baker is young enough and good enough to do better. Yeah, I mean, he has a huge upside. Uh, I don't think he's realized his potential. Uh, and I think that's one of the things you want to stash. Uh, I don't have any problem running with him on my team as a, as my backup quarterback, my QB two, uh, you know, I think he will perform well enough. If, you know, barring any injury, your QB one goes down. I think he could step up and, uh, produce solid numbers. Mm -hmm. So I think he's a serviceable, uh, player to hold on to. And I think once they get lined out Cleveland uh, and he gets uh, some solidarity and mm -hmm. some, some, I guess, um, comfort in the team without all the moving pieces. Yeah. I think that's when you, he's going to realize his potential and you're going to, and you're going to cash in on uh, and have him, have him possibly move up to a QB one position. Yeah, and this is this is kind of like uh like like you almost like you might have bought high on him when you did get him when you did you might have drafted him higher than he is now. So don't just lose value so soon. I mean, this guy was the man in college, and I think that he needs to be the man wherever he's at. And I think having some dominant personalities around him has affected that. Plus, it's Cleveland stuff is always crazy in Cleveland. We don't know where he's gonna go. We don't, there's talks of him getting traded. We don't know. Um, he's in his fifth year option. Uh, he's not going to get a big deal that he's wanting. So, I mean, even if he stays the next year, he might be a free agent. And the quarterback landscape, as we're seeing, is changing crazy and it's wide open. Like going into next year, um, right now, Carolina has Sam Darnold, Houston has Davis Mills. We're saying no Watson, um, Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh, Seattle has Geno Smith. Uh, Indy has Sam uh, Ellenberg. Is that right? Is Sam Ellenberg? Yeah. There's, there's a lot of places out there that don't have a talented quarterback that Baker could step in and improve that team. So I think he's an obvious hold. Wait and see what happens with him, where he lands, how he performs this year. And you know what? Just when we start doubting him, like we did after his uh, first few years, um, he kind of outperforms in year three, does really well. So let's just wait and see. Now, we're going to trade away a guy that is at peak value. Nick Chubb, a guy that's averaged over five yards a carry his whole career. He's never broke 
300 touches in a season, um, carries in a season. Uh, he's going to be turning 27 at the end of the season, like in week 15, 16. Um, but he's on the second contract. He's on a team that could be going through a rebuild. We don't know. Offensive line slowly breaking down, but he delivers. I think now is the time to trade Chubb and get a haul. Yeah, um, I think he falls in that that category of like um, Mixon, Derrick Henry. You know, they're they're going to perform. Um, so you're going to have a team that's going to willing to pay for it mm-hmm. to get over that hump in your league. So you're going to be able to get a sizable amount back, uh, especially if you're in a rebuild uh, and you've just got him sitting there and he's kind of not doing anything for you. Um, so you need to commit to your rebuild, get multiple picks, uh, get some younger um, stars before they hit their breakout peak. So, yeah, I think this is a good, wise move um, because I think he's he's definitely being drafted in as a top 10 running back easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to you're going to be able to cash it on that value. Uh, and you got to look at this when trading away. Do not think of short-term value. Look at the long-term benefits of trading him away. Yeah. And um, he has just made, I don't know, he just made so much, um, he just made such a big impact that even having somebody else like Hunt there doesn't hurt him. So I think that's going to benefit you when it comes to trading him because he can still deliver. He was number two in yards this past year. Uh, with sharing the backfield of somebody else. Yeah, and Hunt keeps him fresh. Um, yes. He do, he's not taking the the grueling pounding as somebody like a Derrick Henry. That is a workhorse. I believe that if you can somehow trade Nick Chubb for like a younger back um, and like get like another pick in turn, like if you can get like Michael Carter in like a, a mid to late first round pick, or even like Michael Carter in a 2023 first to like a team that's like a contender. Uh, I think that's a, a good deal to do. And that's a win-win for both teams. Uh, that's something that I would kind of be looking at. Maybe like something like David Montgomery um, and like uh, a late first this year or like a high second. Something along those terms is what I would be looking for. Or try and find your wide receiver uh, and, you know, Maybe maybe the next guy we're going to talk about, which Baltimore Ravens, let's buy somebody. Let's buy a receiver. Let's buy Rashad Bateman. Now, a little pricey probably right now. He was a, like a late first-round pick last year, high second-round pick in most dynasty drafts. But I think he's the best receiver in Baltimore, and I think that we need to buy him before he blasts off to the moon. Yeah, I think this is a person that yeah, you're going to have to spend for the talent. Yes. Um, uh, because there's outside of Andrews, there's no wide receivers um, that like leap off the leap off the page to you. But I think Bateman has the potential to do that, and mm-hmm. he's going to uh, you know, and he's the, one of these players that you're going to see their return in year three um, and beyond. Uh, first two years could be shaky, uh, but that's the best time to buy because you know you're going to he's going to get that high higher the draft uh, rookie draft and then you know he did have a stellar season. If people you know are down on him, mm-hmm. 
So this is the time to jump in and get that value and and buy low before he does um, start costing you way more than what you want to pay for him. Yeah, I think this is a case where you might have to shell out like a late first round pick this year uh, to get him, but that's okay for me. I would rather take a guy that I I like the talent. The landing spot is so-so for me, but he did see 68 targets in 12 games. Um, in eight of his 12 games, he saw five or more targets. Uh, that's, a, that's a positive thing for me, especially from a team that runs the ball so often that if he's able to see five-plus targets a game, that makes me pretty happy going forward, knowing that I'm probably going to get, you know, 120 target season, maybe like a hundred target season. Let's say a hundred target season. If I get a hundred target season out of him and I get like 72, 73 catches, that's probably good for a thousand yards. And he's probably going to score four to five touchdowns. You know what I mean? So we're talking potentially to break into that DJ Moore type of range is what we think could happen. And I think with how young he is, Going into a second year, uh, I, I just really like him moving forward. Now let's talk about a different position that is a player that's just, he's hard to evaluate, at least for me. And that, that's, um, that's J.K. Dobbins. Go ahead and talk about him. We're going to keep him because I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where his value is. Well, uh, Dobbins is, like you said, he's really hard to gauge. Uh, coming off of an injury, um, definitely you know, limits what you could see out of him. Yes. Um, so, you know, you're going to have people trying to lowball you for him. Uh, but when he did play, he's seen some success. He's seen, you know, he had um, a decent rookie season, not uh, explore, explosive. Like 900 total was, yards, nine touchdowns. So it was like a pretty, yeah, a pretty was, good year. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people are down on him uh, because of Lamar Jackson inside the five likes to run the ball and yeah. Lamar's running abilities. So they, they discredit the running game in Baltimore as well because they want to give all the rushes yards to Lamar. Uh, so that's what really makes him hard to evaluate. But I think he's young enough. He, yes, he's coming off injury. But. I think he's a player that I would rather hold on and stash and reap the benefits than sell him away uh, out of frustration and regret it. Yeah, I think that that is a real big, um, a real big thing that we see people kind of do is that, oh, he's hurt. I'm going to get out of this. Kind of like this isn't as similar, but like Cam Akers, anybody that like, as soon as Cam Akers' news broke, was just getting rid of him right away and didn't wait and see what was going to happen are now the losers in those deals. Um, but when I go and I look at, I really want to look at their roster right now. So Gus Edwards is still on the books for next year. J.K. Dobbins, Justice Hill. That's about it. There's really nobody else there. So, and I don't think either of those guys are guys that I'm like too worried about. I don't think the Ravens are going to worry about drafting a running back early because I think they have other pressing needs. Um, so really Dobbins should be healthy a full year removed from the injury going into the season. He's still 23. He'll be 24 at the end of the year. We might not see the same burst out of him, but I think that we might still see a RB two production 
Um, I just don't think that you can trade him for what his value could be at the end of the year. So wait until the end of the year when he does well. Um, and I don't think that you should be buying him because I think people are going to keep that value of what he was when they drafted him two years ago, uh, which was probably like at one, three, one, four in leagues. Now let's, let's just go ahead. Let's sell. Let's trade away Lamar Jackson. Let's get rid of him because he's so dependent on those rushing yards, which I think they're going to be there. But we see this all time and time again. What happens to these running quarterbacks? They get hurt, right? Yeah, the bodies break down. They start start seeing injuries piling up. You it happens. It happens. The, you start seeing lingering injuries. You start seeing, you know, the the wear and tear of the seasons. Uh, he drove in the end zone and hurt his shoulder. He didn't even yeah, get tackled. And, and he started breaking down. Yeah, and you see this. Uh, you know, the NFL season is a growing season, especially for a quarterback. Uh, so. The hits he takes from defenders, uh, as well as the extra risk he has of being a rushing quarterback, you know, that piles up. We've seen it uh, multiple times. Um, as the season went along, his numbers dwindled. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he ran the ball 133 times. So if we take out his rushing touchdown, and let's just say he ran out of bounds 30-plus times, that's an extra 100 times he's getting tackled than like most quarterbacks. He got tackled 100 times plus 38 times he got sacked in 12 games. We're not even counting how many times he just got hit when after he threw the ball. That's a lot of times to be hit by a quarterback in 12 games. Yeah, and you know, and those those injuries pile up and they linger. The older you get, injuries linger. Yeah. So I think I think uh he's at one of those prime positions that somebody's wanting to cash in. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if if you have have him in a superplex, this is a perfect time to cash in, uh, because you can sell him on the rushing yards. You can sell him on, you know, he's still fairly young, um, but you're going to reap the benefits. I, I think he is one of those players that, if you're dependent on, you're going to be disappointed uh, come your playoffs, um, as I was in one of my leagues. Yeah. Um, I. I I went undefeated until the second round uh, had Lamar and Lamar cost me uh, the season. So he's one of those players that his value is going to be high based on his rushing, but his risk is going to be high based on the punishment he takes throughout the season. If you can trade him away and get somebody that get one of the rookies from last year, uh, plus something else. Cause like right now he's like, um, his ADP is a first round ADP. He's like QB like seven in most spots, QB eight, nine, depends on who we like Dak more or whatever. Um, but he's around that range that I think that you could trade him for a, a tier two quarterback, like a QB two um, plus, and you'll reap the benefits in the long run when I, I, I'm not saying that I don't hope Jackson breaks down. I don't hope he gets hurt. I never hope that any of these quarterbacks that, you know, try and change the game or just try and be a little different or just try and extend the legacy of running quarterbacks. But it, it, it happens. I fought it with Cam Newton. It happened. I, I want to fight it with Lamar Jackson. It's going to happen. And I think that if you can somehow get Trevor Lawrence, let's just Trevor Lawrence, who people are ish down on. If you can get Trevor Lawrence plus a future first round pick or a first round this year or anything, I don't think that's a bad deal. Uh, maybe you can kind of get like a little package of things. Maybe you maybe get Mac Jones and I don't even know. Mac Jones and Chris Godwin from somebody. 
doesn't sound appealing right now, but I'm just, you know what I mean? Get like a, a, a yeah. quarterback two and a wide receiver two in return that will benefit you longer than this guy that I think is slowly going to slip out of QB one range with the next few years. That's where I would, that's where I would go. Um, but yeah, you want to move on to the Steelers? Yeah. Cause I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, if you can get the, get a two for one and better your team, mm-hmm. definitely pull the trigger on it, especially getting a, uh, young quarterback that you can hold on to um for multiple years that you know plays smart does and, and isn't it a system that they're not going to take the abuse yeah uh pittsburgh Steelers time big ben's out the door we don't know who's quarterback yet unless while we're recording this breaking news happens <laughs> and jimmy g gets traded there um but uh the really easy one we're gonna do something that i didn't do this past year after i drafted him at one one in a super flex league or no it was one I got him at the one, two, one, two or one, three. I don't know. It was really high. I got him really high. Najee Harris. Um, so don't be like me. Now I am very aggressive in leagues. I will take risks. I will, I will trade away big name guys. I will trade away guys that I just drafted really high to try and get lots of values. I'll try and do those two for ones, three for ones, because I think it'll benefit me long-term. Let's dog on me for a second. Mid season. Christian McCaffrey is hurt. Dalvin Cook is hurt. I have Najee Harris at running back. I have a pretty good running back core. Um, I was not okay with that. I needed to stretch my bench a little more. I needed some more depth everywhere. And I got offered Chase Edmonds, Calvin Ridley, and a 2022 first-round pick. At face value, it doesn't seem that bad. But then James Conner kept dominating. Um, Chase Edmonds was okay, not bad. Um, Calvin Ridley leaves football. Um, then he gets suspended. And then the guy I traded for won the league. So I got 112. Um, so <laughs> it slowly got worse for me. So don't be me. Keep him because th- here's the thing. They're going to have to run the ball 300, probably 400, 500 times this next year. And he's going to get 300 of those carries. They're going to run the ball so much next year. You just keep Najee Harris. Don't trade him yet. Don't be, that's premature. It was premature trading is what I did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a player that. Was very nice I of you really, not to dog on me. I, I, I was letting dog on yourself. I was. I did. Uh, uh, this is a player that I feel I wasn't high on. Um, because I'm not high on Alabama running backs. I, I think for every Derrick Henry, you, you have an Eddie Lacey. That is mm-hmm. a flash in the pan. Um, so he, I was a high on him, um, you know, and I, and me and a guy got into it because he was like, oh, because he, he thinks Alabama is the greatest thing they ever, ever have. And Alabama has never produced a, uh, NFL player that isn't a superstar. And I, I asked him name outside of Derrick Henry, name me a running back that's successful. That is a legitimate success in the NFL. And it took him 10 minutes and mm-hmm. I laughed. Mark Ingram is was pretty successful in the NFL. Yeah. After well, I mean, a couple Josh of years. Jacobs. Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs is successful right now. Trent, right. Trent Richardson was successful for two years. <laughs> Eddie yeah, Lacy. Uh, the, the longevity. But longevity. the longevity. Longevity. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I was going on. I was going on longevity. Yes. Um, and it took you ten minutes to, to come up with somebody after he did a series of Google search searches, I'm sure. But I think Najee is one of those the 
the next Alabama running back to be care to equal Derrick Henry's success. Uh, I think he's got all the tools there. I think he's a, he landed in the right spot mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh because they're a really smash mouth team. They run, they are a cold weather team uh, and they deal with the nasty elements. So they have to ground and pound a lot. So I think he landed at a great spot for success. So yeah, I think this is a no brainer. Uh, you know, you want to build around running backs uh, and I think he's a great one to, to get your team up and going with. And speaking of which, happy birthday. The day we're recording this, it's his birthday. He just turned 23 today. Um, here's the big thing about him, why he's so valuable. Uh, he saw 93 targets last year, and then he saw 307 uh, rushing attempts. He was targeted or handed the ball a total 400 times last year. That's going to continue. It's, it's, that's that's insane. It is insanity. But what you need to do is you need to ride this for another year, enjoy this, get some wins out of this, and then trade him at the end of the season. Not until after he started delivering, then you trade him away. Um, yeah. Now let's talk about a guy that we, uh, let's end this. I want to end this on a positive note. So let's talk about a guy we're going to trade away. Uh, speaking of trading, uh, we're going to trade away uh, Deontay Johnson. Now you could have put Chase Claypool here. That had been fine with me. Um, but Deontay Johnson is a guy that relies on those underneath routes from Big Ben. Big Ben's out there. I, I think he relies on getting lots of targets to be successful. He still suffers from some drops in my, you know, I, I, he finished as a top 10 wide receiver this past year, but he had 169 targets. His catch percentage on those. I don't even, I don't even know the math on this. I don't even have it on here, but he caught 107 balls on 169 catches. That's 62 targets that he did not catch. That is not, they're all drops, but that's 62 targets. He did not. That is a lot of targets to not be catching. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and I, I fully agree um, that he his hands really concern me. Um, yeah, it's uh, okay. he's not a he's, yeah. not, he's he's not a bad receiver. Here's the thing. Here's why I want to trade him away real quick before you dive in. I want to trade him away because he just had a hundred catch season with over eleven hundred yards and eight touchdowns. Finished the top ten receiver. I think him finishing at wide receiver eight this year in most PPR formats is his peak. I believe every receiver has a peak year in their career, and I don't see him doing better than what he just did with a different quarterback. That's just me, especially considering the fact that like Juju was hurt all year. James Washington wasn't really getting used properly. They're probably going to bring in another guy. Claypool wasn't Claypool, really. That's me. Yeah, uh, it's about a 63 and a, and a half catch percentage. I, rough I, don't numbers. I don't like that. No, that, that's, that's very low, um, in my opinion, for a, for a receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you got to look at it as this. Um, yeah, he is young. He, he does have all the potential there. Uh, did he get more? attention because of juju being out washington being underutilized yes Um, Mm. so the opportunity was there for him to have have that but still 60 63 percent cash percentage i I hate that uh so i think it's a good time to cash in uh for somebody that may be a homer uh may be hyping him up uh but you also gotta look 
you're going to have a new quarterback learning a new system that doesn't have any kind of repertoire with him. Mm -hmm. So you got to look at that. You got to, you got to look at this in a vacuum and take a step back, look at the bigger picture and not just try to try to base everything on his potential. Um, so that's why I'm settling. I'm settling for somebody that wants to buy his potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, I, I think that there's a lot of love for him right now. I've seen people rank him in the top 10. Um, I'm not, I'm not a fan of it. Like if you can go out and you can sell him considering what I'm seeing ranking wise, you could sell him for like Amari Cooper plus I, I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, I know it sounds a little crazy personally for me, it sounds crazy, but, um, I just saw a, a ranking list from somebody and they had Johnson at like 10 and they had Amari Cooper at 24 and I was just <laughs> blown away. I was like, that's what are you talking about? They performed the exact same pretty much at their peaks. Um, but things like that, situations like that, if you can pull off a deal in that situation, like, do it. Even if it's so minimal as like getting like 2-2 two -two in Amari Cooper for Deontay Johnson, I think that's a win. Um, I think you should take advantage of people having this like, oh, uh, this guy's like 24 and he's going to be amazing forever when he hasn't consistently done it, when he's had other people taking away attention from him. Now he did, I mean, that, that's, also a, that's also a positive to him for you to sell him because even though those other receiving guys were gone or they weren't playing up to their potential, he was delivering. That's a selling point. But for me, I just, I kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel already. And I just, I'm willing to move on. And again, it's one of those situations with T Higgins. If I'm wrong, cool. I'm okay to be wrong on this situation, but I like yeah. the value I can get this offseason. Let's talk about a guy we should buy. Let's end on a happy note. Pat's Frayer Muth. Um, you know, Penn State tight end, second round comes in everybody kind of liked him going into last year's rookie drafts kind of getting like high second round uh rookie draft picks in there i don't think i ever saw him touch the first round which is probably good um but you know he came out with uh 60 receptions 79 uh targets about 500 yards and seven touchdowns so he's a red zone threat and what do we always talk about if you're a rookie quarterback or if you're a new quarterback the two your two best friends in a system are a reliable tight end and you're running back. Well, those are the two guys we're going to try and buy and keep. And I think finishing his tight end 13 um, is a sign of good things to come. And I think that you need to capitalize on this before he does even better this year. Yeah, and he is such a big body with uh, amazing hands. I mm -hmm. mean, he, he does have that big frame. Uh, he reminds me of maybe an early... Gronk Hernandez type build that can that could just overpower mm -hmm. and get the and take balls away in situations and you know use that body to shield defenders and and haul in uh, grabs. So I really like this. Um, he's going to have a a great career, I think, in the NFL. He's going to be a top. I'm going to say a top eight. Um, Tight end. I could yearly. see him pushing in there. I could see him pushing in there as soon as I, next year. Yeah, because I mean, like uh, Knox and Schultz, they had kind of outlier seasons. So that you know, those two players are, are not going to meet that level every year. So Kelsey and Ertz are getting older. Waller's yeah. getting hurt. Yeah, yeah. So I could see him start pushing into that uh, tight end eight range, which is. Mm -hmm great especially at the value you're going to get him at yeah 
And I think, so what I'm saying here is that um, if you're, I don't know if you try and buy Dallas Goddard anywhere recently, he's, he's pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, I think Pat Fairmuth is in the same uh, trajectory as Goddard. I think in the next like year or two, we're going to see his value be at the same thing as like Goddard's where we're like Hawkinson's where it's like, it's, it's kind of expensive to buy a tight end. And if you're going to spend that price, you might as well buy a better tight end. To, so I just think that you should buy him now because of two reasons. A, you're going to get a good return investment because he's going to outperform what you pay for him, I believe, in the short term. And then in the long term, when he's up there in, in three years, uh, in three years, I'm going to guess, this is just speculating, that Kels, Ertz, um, and Waller are all going to be non-existent and that somebody of, of uh, Schultz and Knox are probably going to fall down even more. And he's going to step up maybe like tight end like five or six. And in that turn, you could turn around and flip him for almost double of what you bought him for in the 2022 offseason. Uh, I just yeah. like I just like the way that he's moving up. And uh, here's a big thing too: he had 34 first downs on 60 catches, so over 50 percent of his receptions went for first downs. Which means not only is he a red zone uh, reliable guy, but he's also a guy they look for on third down as well in intermediate routes to move the chains. And guys that are important on moving chains in football translate to fantasy value because they're on the field more simple as that that's how that's how i look at those things um plus he played 16 to 17 games last year which shows health he uh, developed and fit into a system and i i just think that he's going to be whoever comes in's best friend uh next to Najee harris especially if it's like malik willis or something like that so and that's it that's it for us here on second and short the cheap seats buy keep and trade segment uh, we're done with this this topic. Uh, it's been a nice eight weeks talking about this category. We're going to move forward with who even knows what. We're going to surprise ourselves. We're going to think about it this weekend and figure it out on the fly. <laughs> with all that being said, please be sure to subscribe if you're here on YouTube right now. Down below, help us build this brand up. If you like our takes and everything, also like the video. Comment down below who you guys are trying to buy, keep, or trade from these guys here. And if you're listening to us on any of our audio platforms at all, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Leave us a review there. Like and follow as well. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Follow us everywhere. We are also partners with the W2M Network where you can check out our stuff there as well as many other podcasts where you can even hear Jason talk about movies. That's your key. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I just finished up the Black History Month with Mark yep. Bradledge. I got a uh, basically an on-trial for the very first Leprechaun, Jennifer Aniston's breakout movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Uh, it went down a lot of rabbit holes. Uh, and our verdict is ended up, we talked about paranormal activity as our verdict. Uh, it's really fun listen. So yeah, definitely check me out there. Um, go over there, have some movie reviews. Uh, I'm reviewing the new Harry Potter, uh, Fantastic Beast movies coming up, some Jurassic World movie. I'm a, I'm a part of so yeah definitely check me out over on w2m and you can also check me out talking about uh the challenge which is an mtv reality contest show uh, over on love war challenges podcast with mtv malik and gift master bex as well thank you guys for listening get out there and start trading before all these guys start going and have a good one